Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This morning, in the Gospel reading, we have one of the parables of our Lord. And the parables of our Lord are always about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is a phrase, it's a way of talking about what it means to be with God, to be in communion with God, to live as God. And when our Lord tells these parables, they reveal to us what the heavenly life is like. This morning, you might be scratching your head about this parable, as it seems to be uh, very rough, very even violent. We have a king who wants to settle accounts, and so he calls a slave, a servant, who has a very, very high debt. Maybe he loaned him money for student loans. <laughs> and he knows, the servant knows, that all of the accounts are coming due and it's time to pay up. And the servant immediately breaks down and in tears asks for forgiveness, for patience, so that he can pay it all back. The king is moved by compassion. And he frees him, erases the debt, and lets him go. The kingdom is revealed to us, of course, in this king, as we can understand to be our heavenly God and Father. But it also suggests that we find in the unforgiving servant the opposite of the kingdom, ways in which the paths that we would like to not go, because the paths that this unforgiving servant goes down is away from the kingdom. And I would like us to look just a little bit at this unforgiving servant as a kind of anti-icon or the opposite of what kingdom living is life like. The unforgiving servant, as soon as he is forgiven, goes right out the door. And it seems to me as the tears are drying on his cheeks, he already has throttled a fellow servant, asking for the money that is due to him. One of the things that we can see in the unforgiving servant, I think, is just the huge amount of self-concern that he has. It makes us wonder what he was begging for mercy for, for patience from the king, it seems to me that the tears that he shed were real tears. They were tears of real self-concern, of real, you know, like getting your hand caught in the cookie jar, or how emotional we can get when our way is not uh, the way chosen. The unforgiving servant whose tears have dried has now... In his self-concern, his slate clean, now goes out to settle accounts. And in his self-concern, as soon as the forgiveness has been stated, as soon as he walks out the door, he has a fellow servant, a friend, by the throat. Not only can we see in the servant self-concern, I want to ask, where is the compassion? Again, it struck me in this parable, 
And I keep coming to this. We have a man pleading for forgiveness and patience. And the king, moved by deep compassion because this man is broken before him, and it seems immediately as he walks out the door, he's ready to violently hold to account his fellow man. Where's the compassion in the unforgiving servant? The violence, not just an altercation, not just an exchange of words or a saying, okay, you've got five days left. He's already ready to break the fingers on the debt that's owed to him. He's got him around the neck. The lack of compassion, the self-concern. Of course there's violence. Of course the imagination uh, of this man, the empathy that he lacks, as soon as he's freed, he's ready to continue getting what he is owed. I also want to underline for us this morning the virtue that this man lacks, but that the king displays. And that is found in both of the pleas of the unforgiving servant before the king, but also his fellow servant. And that word is patience. Self-concern, lack of compassion, usually exhibits itself in a lack of patience. And I think all of us, uh, maybe we would be very aghast to find ourselves in the violence, possibly, of this unforgiving servant. But it's where the patience or impatience comes in that many of us maybe start to feel that we are more like the self-concerned, unforgiving servant than we are the forgiving and patient king. The unforgiving servant has no patience because patience requires concern for the other. Patience requires compassion. Patience exhibits time and space given to another person. Patience allows us, through compassion, to understand what it's like to be on the other side of that judgment. We've all been uh, the recipient of impatience. I know there's a popular meme that's floated around that talks about, um, it feels like some of y'all have never tried to hold a flashlight for your father. You know what I'm talking about? The, uh, the impatience that we maybe experience from our parents, from teachers, from siblings, etc. And then we find ourselves... As much as we rail against this impatient, the lack of compassion, that we can turn around and be so concerned for ourselves, so wounded and yet without compassion, so reactive to the impatience, and yet where is our patience? The kingdom of heaven is something that we experience through the love of the king. The love of a king who in his compassion and patience forgives. And I think there is a compassion and patience here that in the text it does not say uh, that the king throws into the prison out of some kind of anger. But that the unforgiving servant 
is in himself imprisoned out of his lack of compassion, out of his lack of patience. He feels the wrath. He feels the self-concern that has eaten him alive. Brothers and sisters, this week, as we engage with our loved ones, as we engage with those in the world, those at work, those driving next to us on the road or speeding past us on the road or cutting us off in the road, those that do the smallest of things and those who have done the most hurtful things, let us forgive. Let us find the compassion. Let us find the patience through our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit giving glory to our Father. Amen.